So, in short, she probably doesn't know what the butterfly effect is. Oh, hell no. Okay. She knows no. the movie. Do you think she's Wouldn't seen she the movie? Wouldn't she know if she watched the movie, though? That's a good point. I bet she hasn't even seen the movie. Why yeah. would she? It's not very good. I've heard it's, like, not bad. I have not the seen The Kardashians it. are all about quality. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we ready to talk about uh, WCW Kevin Nash now? Yeah. I will, I will not introduce my topic of, like, what Werner Herzog movie each of the Kardashians like the most. <laughs> That's a bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, I'm starting the timer again. Damn. I had um, a good joke about it. Oh, I can't. It's, I'm... Scott clearly likes the one where Werner Herzog eats a shoe because Scott is the best one. <laughs> Scott does <Disney. laughs> Anyway, let's get into WCW. Yeah, so... <laughs> Hello, and welcome to WrestleSplania, this show where a wrestling enthusiast, Kath Barbadero, introduces wrestling to me, Rachel Millman, a new fan. Hi. Hi, what's up? Not too much. I uh, I watched like 10 hours of live wrestling yesterday and my brain is pudding. Yeah. And my voice is like mildly shot, but was a lot worse last night. I was going to say, like, <laughs> considering I know what you did yesterday, which we may have some content on in the future. I think we're going to have some content on. Yeah. It. So you went to uh, I, WWR and uh, Evolution. Yeah. So Kath bought me a ticket to WWR for my birthday and then she unfortunately couldn't go. So I we invited friend of the show Maverick to come with us. And while we were at WWR, which was an independent show put on by Beyond Wrestling in mm. Long Island of all women wrestlers, the day of evolution, the friend we were sitting next to said, hey, are you going to evolution? And I was like, no, I don't have the money. And he said, Rachel, do you have six dollars? <laughs> because that's how much tickets are on StubHub. So I went to Evolution and screamed my head off and marked out really hard at Becky and then just looked at the Long Island Railroad timetables during Ronda's match. But we can talk about that <laughs> on a different Stay episode. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for a bonus. Uh, we have another more important subject to talk about today. With our guest, Col Colette Arend is here. Yeah, hi, Colette. Hi. hi. What's up? Hi. Uh, what are you here to talk to us about? I'm here to talk to y'all about the greatest professional wrestler of all time, Big Sexy, Big Daddy Cool, Kevin Nash. Yay! Big Daddy Cool. I Big could not. I, I still think that's the best. <laughs> like that is the most wrestling name. Big Daddy Cool. He's got ever so many have. like wrestling ass wrestling <laughs> names. Yeah. I, so is he? Is he your favorite, or do you just think he's the greatest? Like. The, I, I was going to say technically, which is like obviously not the case, but I mean like, right. you know, of of like embodying what wrestling is like. I think I think that for me, like Kevin Nash definitely embodies what wrestling was in the 1990s, um, which is, you know, when I grew up watching pro wrestling, um, which like anything like what you grow up with is what you consider to be the best. Um, I, I legitimately love Kevin Nash, um, but I am considered to have really awful taste in pro wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I will, I will vouch for Kevin Nash's general like goodness. He's a, he's a huge dude. Um, I think that one of the, one of the best things about pro wrestling is when like you see like impossible human bodies doing impossible things and Kevin Nash's body is impossible. And <laughs> it's a miracle that he's talking. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I think that like if I were gonna point to somebody uh, in the 1990s who embodies what I thought of as, as pro wrestling, he would be pretty much it. 
So you were a wrestling fan as a kid, and I know our listeners may know you from uh, your podcast with other former guests, uh, Jess Skolnick, uh, Gear Switch, and you wrote that wonderful book of poems um, about wrestling, and you're, a, you're a, a known presence, the creator of the gay community. You are a prolific yes. fan, in my <laughs> humble opinion. Yeah, I've been around. Uh, <laughs> I was an announcer uh, for AIW for a while. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, that was that was in a, a, a literal different life. But um, <laughs> yeah, I spent like two years doing uh, doing pro wrestling commentary and like trying to get people that I really liked booked, and uh, none of it happened. Well, most of it didn't happen until I left. <laughs> but like, you know, Kevin Steen got booked after I was like, we need to book Kevin Steen um, and like Ultramanus Black and people like that. Like, it's like it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, history has proven you right. So yeah, I would say I would say that I've been vindicated um, in most instances, and in some I regret it. Um, but yeah, I've I've been around for a little while. Um, I used to do a Tumblr called uh, Date with a Wrestler, which was inexplicably popular. Um, like ten thousand people would watch me post uh, pictures of pro wrestlers with screen caps from OK Cupid attached to them. <laughs> So, um, OK Cupid was like a true goldmine of content for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, a couple years ago, I didn't start the account, but someone I knew made like an OK Cupid ebooks account on Twitter, and then they quit Twitter <laughs> and they were like, Do you want this? Do you want to run this? And I was like, Sure, whatever. I don't care. It was like the easiest thing on earth to run. I yeah. quit because I was like, the submissions I got were mostly just like kind of mean. It's yeah. like, no, you want like a true freak. You don't want to make fun of somebody for being like, I'm really lonely. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But like, okay, Cupid content, people go wild for all the time. Yeah. A Tinder content is, it doesn't do it for me the same way. I feel like cause no. people don't, don't bear their souls the same way. So you don't get to see like a window into like a true weirdo's life the same way you did with okay. Cupid. I think Tinder yeah did have that but tinder doesn't have that anymore because as it is with any new platform that takes off the first people on it are stone cold weirdos <laughs> and they don't know how to protect themselves yet so like that's why the early days of tinder were like fucking incredible there's yeah. just not enough space i feel like people don't get vulnerable enough yeah. I really like That's when people use their Tinder profiles as basically as like a PowerPoint slideshow of like, see, I have friends. Here I am at the movies. Like I, <laughs> I ran across a guy once who like wrote captions on all of it and was like, I'm normal to hang out with was the final one. Nice. And I was like, I love this guy. I hope he finds I hope he gets what he wanted out of putting this on Tinder. <laughs> I love my favorite. My favorite two people on Tinder are the people who post pictures of themselves like fishing um, mm. because it's good to know that they're a provider. Um, and i also really love the guys who post pictures of themselves with like their grandmother so that i know that they expect at least or respect at least one woman in their lives Um, oh it's good it's good to know um yeah i don't know like okay cupid used to be really great so far as like content was concerned but they decided that they needed to be more like tinder to survive so that's not the case anymore um that sucks yeah, it's I, it's a I, it's a real shame. <laughs> yeah, I feel like running a Tumblr of uh, OK Cupid, like screen caps from OK Cupid, is like several words in that are very of their time. <laughs> I yeah, <feel> like. <laughs> yeah. 
I think the best summation of like just okay Cupid, not what you did, but like okay Cupid Tumblr, the best summation is hack. It's hack. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But it's not even, it's just like two irrelevant platforms at yeah. the moment. But oh, like, yeah. back in the day, oh man. Oh man. It was huge. Yeah. I don't know. I started writing my own jokes eventually. Like, <laughs> a lot of things. It's hard to find stuff. But anyway, yeah. Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Nash. I would go on a, who I would go on a date with, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you have any entries about Kevin Nash on Date with a Wrestler? Uh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Kevin Nash there. Um, not as many as like Hulk Hogan, uh, but definitely Nash is up there for sure. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you were like, we were talking about him on Twitter or something, and you were like, hey, I want to do the Kevin Nash episode. And we were like, great. And yeah. uh, you gave us so much stuff to watch, and it was so much fun. Like, <laughs> I really, I know what you mean, where you're just like, he's everything you think of when you think of pro wrestling. In mm-hmm. a really. For better and for worse sometimes. I was going to say kind of an idyllic way. Yeah. Like, because, I don't know, Kevin Nash is like pretty woke. Yeah, he, he, he yeah. does all right. He for a wrestler. For he, a wrestler. Yeah, his his Twitter is like not hugely embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like so in that way, like it's kind of idyllic that like oh, this guy is still alive. His spine hasn't exploded. <laughs> That's true. He's not current. I don't think he's battling any addiction issues at the present. If he is, I mean, <laughs> he seems to fucking love wine. But we will get into that. Oh, yeah. He loves wine. That's wine is the only respectable addiction left so <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> um, but yeah so let's you you gave us like a pretty good rundown uh chronologically of of all of kevin nash's identities and the yeah. first thing so the the first thing you had us watch was an insane wizard of oz uh <laughs> entrance where I one of the best chirons I've ever seen which is it's like this Wizard of Oz entrance and then he comes down the (laughs) ramp and it just says Oz with wizard (laughs) (laughs) so like what was that (laughs) um my my theory as far as Oz is concerned has always been like WCW was owned by Ted Turner. Um uh-huh. like back when like Ted Turner actually owned all the stations with his name on it. And like that dude loved Wizard of Oz, right? Like <laughs> it was like the main movie on Turner Classic Movies all the time in the nineties. So like my assumption is that they were just like, We got this big dude, he like used to play basketball, he can't do a bunch of stuff, like what are we gonna do with him? And then someone was like Oh, we should give him something that our boss is gonna like. Like, let's give him, let's give him ah. Oz. Like, let's give him the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um, but we're gonna make him the city itself, um, or like whatever, like the land. Um, he's bigger than than the wizard. It's um, it's it's insane. Like his costume. Like he comes out in like this like Halloween store like plastic mask. Yeah. Uh, it's very community theater. Yeah. It's like yeah. very community theater. And I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And then when he like takes the mask off, like every part of his hair is like airbrushed silver. Like it's insane. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then he just, he just stands on a guy's neck and wins in like two seconds. It's so yeah. funny. It's so funny. Yeah. I just, it, the way, because of like the film quality, it reminded me of like whenever there was like, the Matthew Broderick Cinderella or like a PBS like storytelling <laughs> thing that like a mm-hmm. tape I would watch as a kid that probably outdated me but yeah. it was just like happened to be around the house uh, and that was what that reminded me of immediately and then it just verges into like 
like I would say kind of weird wrestling too, just like standing on someone's neck and being like, ah, I'm done. Well, (laughs) I did notice this was the first, uh, time I noticed that Kevin Nash does my favorite big guy thing which is that he steps over the top rope to get in the ring yeah and it's like after you do that like you don't need to wrestle good like I'm already (laughs) I've gotten my money's worth like I'm stoked that there's like a huge man the thing I was thinking about a lot when I was watching this stuff is that what somebody tweeted somebody tweeted this after uh the Joey Janela lost a New York show when Sandman came out and like people went fucking apeshit for Sandman and he was just, someone was like, few things are as entertaining as just a big shithead walking around to a Metallica song. (laughs) It's like, yeah, (laughs) that is absolutely true. Just a big shithead drinking a beer and like, and pouring it on people. Yeah, And everyone was like having the time of their lives. And then beating our friend with a kendo stick. Yeah. You just, you don't need to work that hard if you're, if, if you can step over the top, goddamn rope i do think yeah. that he has like very incredible presence like throughout oh all of absolutely this. yeah well, but- yeah it's, it's amazing yeah i don't know he's he's always like had this like innate charisma and it's like even with like a wizard accompanying him to the ring with a monkey or whatever like it's there he's there <laughs> yeah. um, he has like, like- I will- <laughs> go ahead um I, I will say like this is how wrestling used to be like in the 1990s this was a pay-per-view match um <laughs> wow like one minute, like one move, like he just you, like kicks someone in the face and does some really dangerous looking power bomb. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Like, that's it. Like, that's how they used to establish people like the like Kevin Nash uh, would would later have like 20 minute epics and stuff like that. But like, yeah, for the for the majority of his early career, he was wrestling like in and out five minutes like every night. Yeah. So he was Oz. And then you sent us a promo of him being like a Guido guy, like. Vinny Vegas. Vegas, yeah. I would love. I, I know that like the 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 f- the future we have is now, but like imagine the world where Vinny Vegas had been his main gimmick the whole time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I immediately was like, I understand this character. I could write a minimum of two hundred words on this character, <laughs> and like I'm getting thirty eight seconds of this, and I get it like immediately. It was. <laughs> Like, just yeah. like, like to go back to your OK Cupid Tumblr, like that is perfect for like a dating profile. <laughs> Vinny Vegas. Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. Vinny Vegas yeah, fucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vinny Vegas that, fucks. That no question. Interview uh, is definitely like an online, like a, a video dating profile or whatever. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> um, what I thought of. You know those yeah. video dating profiles where someone says their hand is the size of a toilet lid? Oh, you like, also so wrote that this. down. You wrote. Th- I'm so glad you also wrote that down. It's so good. It's like I yeah. like I, I I understand the comparison being made. <laughs> like you have a giant hand, but like, could you think of a different thing that size? Maybe. Toilet lid is just like it's a weird one. A toilet lid is great because he could have said a pizza pie. But that toilet lid means <laughs> that he has hit someone in the head with a toilet lid mm. because it's so close. Yeah, uh, so just like it. boom, done. <laughs> so did he go through a lot of like these weird gimmicks at the beginning of his career before he was Diesel? Yeah, he like Kevin Nash really ate a lot of shit before he hit it big with Sexy Trucker, um, <laughs> which like. like, like genius like why not there go was, sexy trucker yeah. first like perfect oh but anyway i'm it, sorry it takes I the genius to nail it like for real um <laughs> like he 
beyond beyond these two, like his other gimmick that I think most people would would recognize was uh, he was a part of a tag team called uh, I think the Master Blasters, um, <laughs> which is which which despite like what Master Blaster was in the Mad Max movie was actually two very tall people. Um, but yeah, that's like. He kind of like shuffled around uh, both he and uh, and Scott Hall, like Razor Ramon, um, who like he's kind of intricately linked with, like really went through the ringer as far as bad WCW gimmicks were concerned before both of them went to WWE and and hit it big with like the gimmicks that they were given. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't sexy trucker until he got to the WWF. Like they were like, I know what we're going to do oh. with you diesel sexy trucker exactly a broken clock Vince Um, McMahon for sure here like it works so well uh, for sure yeah it's such an interesting gimmick too like I didn't send you anything like very early uh so far as diesel is concerned like I think I sent you mostly like 1995 and after but like he debuted as um Shawn Michaels bodyguard um Mm. like Shawn Michaels needed like muscle uh to like win matches because he's like the shrimpy little dude who's into how how good he looks um and like i just love like the this dude calling himself the heartbreak kid teaming with this like guy wearing one black leather glove uh <laughs> that he like found at a truck stop somewhere <laughs> like the whole thing to me is like this like epic like gay skeezy thing that like goes completely unacknowledged in the history of wrestling um, <laughs> yeah like where did he meet this guy for the first like full year of his career in, in wwe like pretty much all he did was stand around at ringside and attack people like he didn't wrestle um <laughs> It was like the the, the easiest money uh, that dude would ever make, and he made a lot of easy money in his career. Like he's a he's a brilliant business person. Um, but yeah, then he started wrestling, and it was and it was pretty great. I think like Diesel's Diesel's legit. I my problem with that storyline is mainly that I don't think someone like Shawn Michaels' character would hire a bodyguard that was that good looking. No, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that that's not going to work for you if you're the heartbreak kid. Uh and you're supposed to be the handsome one. Although I did watch a little bit of them on uh uh Regis and Kathy Lee. Oh, I watched all of that clip. <laughs> amazing so because first of all, I love that uh back then wrestlers had to go on talk shows in their gear. Yep. And enter to their entrance music. I mean, we've lis- <laughs> we've definitely watched or listened to the clip a few times of uh, Randy Savage on Arsenio. Yeah. Like right. basically, whenever we're, we're taking a long car trip, we listen to Randy Savage promos. Thanks to <laughs> thanks to our dear friend Tim Faust. Um, but yeah, their entrance music is so funny, and he's in like the zebra print and stuff. Yeah. On Rages and Cassidy. It looks absurd. It looks you yeah. absurd. You can't wear that. I mean, you can't wear that ever because it's absurd always. But like. <laughs> Especially in the morning. You in can't wear that in the morning. Kathy Lee. <laughs> oh, but my he, God. <laughs> he introduces uh, Diesel. He's like the second biggest lady killer in WWF or whatever. And it's like, right. I'm sorry, Shawn Michaels. Like, that guy gets laid more than you. Oh, you yeah. You should have picked him. And then <laughs> well, you know he gets laid a lot. Like, he just, it's, it's such clear, like, good energy, too, because they bring him on and they have like a better, more cohesive conversation with him as opposed to their ostensible star, Shawn Michaels. And then they like ask him, like, how do you deal with it, Diesel? And he was like, I really miss my wife for three weeks at a time. Aww. You're on the road. And it's like, oh, wow, I would I would I would bone this guy. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, he's, he's a sweetheart. Like, it's hard to not love him. Yeah. Yeah. And he also is a notably less silly gear. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those leather pants really do him a lot of favors. The long uh, hair does him a ton of favors, especially yeah. when it's all wavy and clean. I, yeah. He had he had some good hair back in the day. I yeah. do like Silver Fox Kevin Nash too, though. Oh, for sure, yeah. uh, <laughs> absolutely. But like the long hair really worked for him because it's just to call it. Uh, Colette, what you said about like extremely nineties, like you just look at him and you think of like a romance novel cover. Just right. like I mean, think that's that's the Vince look. Like that's what he wants, right? Like the pristine, like bulging, weird tan muscles, <laughs> always in a tank top. Like right. you know, He's, his body is the shape of a Dorito. Like his torso is just a big triangle. <laughs> It's funny that you would say that too, because uh, you the matches you sent us from his his Diesel like run where uh, versus Bret Hart and versus Shawn Michaels, and in the beginning of the Bret Hart one, there's all the so he like Diesel's the bad guy, Big, Big Daddy Cool's the bad guy, and all there's a shot of like twelve kids all booing him, and then one <laughs> one adult woman standing in the middle with a sign that says Diesel Power, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to cheer boring Bret Hart when fucking Diesel Power's here. Well, also, his, like, theme is so just, like, the right level of sleazy. Yeah, it's perfect. It reminds me a lot of, like, that scene in uh, the first Terminator movie where, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger walks into a bar completely naked. Yeah. Um, yeah and then, like, beats the shit out of people for their clothes, which are made out of leather. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, it uh, reminded me of I'm the Only One by Melissa Etheridge. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you right. hear it, right? I do. Yeah, almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also that like big like honk in the in the front, like uh the the truck horn. I don't know, like there's there's something so satisfying about diesel. Like when I was a kid, like and you were taking the bus to school, like on a field trip or something like that, and you would try to get like semi trucks to honk their horn. Mm-hmm. That was like his whole gimmick. Like how could you not love that? <laughs> I I love that so much. Yeah, he does the he does the pulling the pulling the horn thing before he like jackknifes somebody. And I I love that because every time he did it in uh both of these matches that we watched the Brent, uh Bret Hart and the Shawn Michaels one, it he does it and he looks so happy and there's just a rain of booze. <laughs> <laughs> and like I I love when heels have something like that like a pose or like a gesture or something that only ever gets them hated and it but they do it anyway and it's like the funniest thing to me but i like, love it we're zeroing in on like so many times when we talk about heels loving being heels is elias like i always think it, i've watched that clip a ton of times now of him getting booed in seattle where he's just like he's doing the thing that he's really good at doing and like the pumping of like honk honk is like yeah he's <laughs> glowing you can tell completely yeah. just like i'm good at my job and this is how i know i'm good at my job <laughs> yeah i mean that's the that's the other thing about diesel too is like particularly in those matches and in some of the other ones like that was a really miserable era for wwe like if you listen to their their stuff that they were like putting out about the 90s they're Vince McMahon is constantly worried that his company is going to go out of business. Um, like, and everyone outside of the main event, like always looks really miserable. And then you've got like Bret Hart, who I love to death. Like Bret Hart's one of my favorite wrestlers, but he's like very dour. He's the adult of the group. Yeah. Like Shawn Michaels always reads as really phony to me, but like diesel looks like a dude who is genuinely enjoying his job. Um, and that's like that's what you kind of want to see in a wrestler, right? Like as somebody who like knows their craft and is good at it and like enjoys the fact that they get paid to do this. 
Yeah, that's something that we brought up a lot when we were talking about uh, uh, the Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens run a few weeks ago. Yeah. About how it's like, it's just fun to watch people have a good time. If they're, and, and have a good time doing their job really, really well. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I think it's also just because, like, he's such a big guy that, like, somebody that large, I guess, being born in the 90s or being 18 in the 90s is like, well, I could probably become a wrestler. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) your body is that big that you kind of grow up, I would assume, with, like, an awareness of, like, I'm – this is I'm going to have more now, but I might have a lot of limitations later just because, like, his knees are going to eventually crumble. Oh, yeah. You can see that in both of those matches, too, like – there are spots in that match, like particularly when he's trying to like beat people up on the outside where like just due to how big he is, he like stumbles. Like it's, it's, it's wild, like watching it. Yeah. And that his size too is a thing of like, especially in like my concept and what I know of like nineties wrestling is like, and now in modern wrestling too, is like these people are larger than life. Like they're all Mm -hmm. supposed to be like, these huge personalities and these huge people. So it's all the more jarring when it's this huge personality like Hart or Michaels, but you still see somebody who is that much more physically imposing than them. He's huge. He's a huge person. Yeah. And that like, I I think I really liked both of these matches. And I think that the reason that they work so well is because there is that like that size disparity and like Bret Hart. So you haven't watched a lot of this era, right? And like, no, I haven't either, but I have at least I at least am probably a little more familiar with with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels than you are, and like they are sort of notably smaller like through their whole careers, and were known as like mm-hmm. being technically very good wrestlers, especially Bret like Bret Hart's like gimmick, and then later Shawn Michaels' gimmick too was kind of just like I, my gimmick is that I have like really good matches, kind of yeah right, and so to have like a, this technical wrestler. Bret Hart against this dude who like he basically just power bombs people and, like, <laughs> and is big like that's his thing and he's just throwing the dude around it's I, like a, a, a battle between these two sort of styles and that makes it really compelling and that contrast makes it really compelling like I don't yeah. really like I I like a hoss fight when it's like done well but like I'd rather see something like this where it's like you have these two dynamics and they are, their differences are accentuated because they are so different. Yeah. Right. There are too many Haas fights now, anyhow, like, and the, the parameters for what makes a Haas have changed. Like big right. dudes don't, <laughs> don't necessarily work the Indies unless they're Keith Lee or whatever. Um, like Braun Strowman or whatever was in WWE developmental forever. Eric Rowan too. Like these dudes don't like hit the Indies. So like you get small Haas fights. Right. Um, but yeah, diesel, like, uh, like Diesel, Kevin Nash has always had this 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 reputation as somebody who like couldn't go, but like with the right person, like he could have a brilliant match. Like and WWF like did two things very well in the '90s, which was like they they created interesting and compelling stories out of nothing. Like I thought that both of the videos for the Hart and Michaels thing that like explain why they're fighting were very good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I also think that like the way that they structure matches like really, really accentuates like what the two people can do the, to the best of their abilities. Um, like both of those matches are brilliant and they're not fast paced outside of like when Shawn Michaels is getting his, his spots in. Um, 
they're like methodical and they're violent. Like it's like, it's a really well done thing uh, in like this era that's like almost completely forgotten about at this point. Yeah. I found both of these to be like really legitimately exciting. And Mm -hmm. it's not, again, like I say, like, Oh, he basically just power bombs people. Like that is not at all to the, to his detriment or to the detriment of these matches. Like they both tell a very specific story. The commentary with them is really good at uh, underlining that story. Um, Also, (laughs) I just want to say too, we were talking about how Kevin Nash is like known as sort of one of the reasons he's like such a great pro wrestler is that he's such a good businessman and like so carny about like making money. (laughs) And I really like in the intro to the Bret Hart uh, video package he just says I don't get paid by the hour around here it's yes! so good, <laughs> it's like, I'm so not, good. I don't want to put on like an epic I want to fucking beat this guy <laughs> like yeah. I, I love that I, I also so good. I do have to say that like outside of the power bombs which are good is that I really like when he managed to just kind of like get bump hit like heart off the ropes and onto the table like he doesn't bomb yeah. him he just kind of like yeah. flicks him off of it <laughs> and it's like it's a really good use of like his size and like again to heart's talent that he like propelled himself and it looked so smooth yeah the table spots in both of these were like genuinely like exciting and like whoa yeah. like out of nowhere table spot what stressed me out about these table spots and other older matches I've watched is that, like, when you go through an announcer table now, like, yeah, you're going through a table, but you get, like, an iPod on you. Or maybe, right. <laughs> right. maybe like, an, a MacBook Air. But, like, yeah. you get, on this, you get, like, these chunky, like, horrific <laughs> tiny televisions that I know how heavy they are because my dad has works in, like, video production and in editing. And I remember, like, I had to carry one once as a child. And it was, like, I put a, I was whining my head off. That that the table itself is probably nothing the stress of that specifically has got to be like don't crush your own head with a tiny tv because that would be really embarrassing (laughs) like you really have to fall right in the middle of that table for it to not go disastrously um and like the other thing too is like those tables weren't built to collapse the way that tables are built to collapse now like those announce tables are specifically built for people to go through if people are going to go through them. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like pretty early in the, like at, when, at, during these, during the time when these matches happened, like getting thrown through the Spanish announce table was not a regular occurrence. Correct. <laughs> correct. Yeah. It wasn't a trope just yet. Um, <laughs> but it is the Spanish announce table, which is, you it's know, still the Spanish <laughs> announce table. Yeah. yeah. My friend, uh, my friend Pat has a joke about how like no one in Mexico or Spain has ever seen the end of a pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone They're in those countries is just, they just think they're only like an hour long. I really liked specifically, we talked about the promo packages. I loved the Shawn Michaels promo package because, again, it's such a product of its era where they try to make it like almost like a 2020 expose of like, here's why they're no longer friends or (laughs) whatever. My favorite, a year of failure leading him to the WWF championship. Like, oh, really? (laughs) Like, he really failed upwards, I guess. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I think they say like a a disastrous year or something. It's like, oh, okay. It ended in a title reign, but all right. Well, I mean, like, I think that might have been the year that Shawn Michaels got beat up by ten army dudes in a parking lot. So <laughs> fair it enough. Was a great year for Shawn Michaels, but <laughs> another thing uh, that I liked about just watching this, 
like it's the mid 90s WWF like I'm gonna assume not the most progressive uh storylines going on or like company or maybe fans at that moment but there's something I love so much about everybody in an arena going fucking wild for sexy boy it just like (laughs) I love it so much it makes me really happy I think a 2018 lens is really healthy on sexy boy in both (laughs) directions in the critical and like oh look at this crowd go (laughs) but I mean I guess that is the dynamic between uh between Kevin and Sean before they got mad at each other which is that like you have the teen dream and then you have the one for the adult women exactly oh, it's yeah. kind of yeah. like kevin and backstreet boys kevin <laughs> was for everyone's mom and me um, <laughs> and like nick carter was for little girls interesting I get, like that's what yeah. i got out of it i mean like yeah. Shawn michaels doesn't like i can like there's like teen dreams now where i'm like i am in my 30s i cannot say that sean mendez is a cutie pie but i can objectively understand why a 19 year old girl would go that guy yeah. that's the one yeah so <laughs> that no that yeah. makes sense yeah i haven't really thought about it that way but you're right yeah <laughs> i haven't really thought about sexy boy that way either because like that song originally was sung by uh, uh sensational sherry and like changed when and Sean broke up with her and hooked up with Diesel. So, like, the gaze of the song changes entirely once it's not, like, a woman singing it and once it's Sean himself talking about himself. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, yeah. And especially if he's coming out coming out with Diesel to Sexy Boy. And it's so good. Sexy trucker. No one, I think, <laughs> I'm going to give maybe a little credit to Kevin Nash. Maybe Kevin Nash knows the subtleties of it. He probably does now, especially yeah. considering. He's been in Magic Mike. He's been he in knows. Magic Mike. No one, I don't think anyone at the time realizes like what they're doing. No. <laughs> maybe Kevin. We'll, we'll give a little, okay, uh, credit to him. <laughs> So, yeah, I think Kevin Kevin's the woke one on the new generation roster. <laughs> it seems like it. I mean, he's uh we watched some like shoot stuff with him too and like he seems pretty smart. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm giving him too much credit, but like and charm can go a long way to convince you that someone's smart even if they're maybe not, but like he seems pretty like intelligent and articulate and like obviously incredibly charming and he's yeah. tall enough that he didn't get hit in the head as much. Yeah, that's true. There's a part in the Bret Hart match where you see Bret Hart has to jump to clothesline him, which is yes. amazing. Yeah, so funny, it's so good. So, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, like I, you're 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 completely right about about Kevin Nash being super smart, which is like kind of why people wound up hating him because uh, like he was ruthless uh, in WCW uh, with like the amount of power that he had because he had creative control. He like created this contract where if anyone got signed for more money than he got signed for, his contract went up to meet it automatically. Um, That's he, awesome. Good for yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, he he formed an offshoot of the NWO predicated on selling the same T-shirt just in a different color. Like, <laughs> super smart. Like, it's all very smart. And like again, like documentaries. I think that documentaries about '90s wrestling are are very tedious, but like. Kevin Nash talks a lot about, um, and this is like what what we're jumping into next. Anyhow, is is his WCW tenure? Um, how like WCW had no idea how to seem cool, uh, and that is obvious if you watch any WCW for any length of time. Um, <laughs> like, and I mean, I love WCW. That is what I grew up watching. Um, but it's not cool. And the NWO was supposed to be cool. And like Kevin Nash is like, 
they were trying to make it seem like we were part of the roster when we were supposed to be invading outsiders. Like I had to tell them that they couldn't like, you know, sell our shirts at the, at the shows. They had to sell them like on, on like hotlines instead. Like people would call a one 900 number and, and spend $27 on a shirt. Um, like he, he just had like this, like, incredible like acumen for how to like maximize like his own image personality and um and like it really worked for him i think like he he's like a very unique wrestler in the 1990s as a result of that i think um so we are we've been talking for like a little over half an hour um if we want to take a quick break before we get into the wcw stuff yeah that sounds good by me cool yeah perfect um, the only thing I didn't get to mention was when he stole that guy's leg, but whatever. Oh, fuck! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> yeah, we, okay, we have to talk about that. We want to do that. I, that was so that crazy. <laughs> that is... How did we forget? I don't under... Like, I'm kind of sad, because we have talked about a prosthetic leg on this show before, but it was on a Real Housewives prosthetic leg. Right. Well, we've talked about the parallels. Yeah. And this is very... But this, okay. is, this is literal. Are we, are, is, are we talking also, about this now or are we... We have to talk about it. And we, we've all got the... the okay, the we're talking... We're ta- this is on the show now. Fake leg joy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love that so much because it was like... I felt like it was like perfect sort of like filmic economy like you show (laughs) the hall of famer guy at the beginning of the match and you're like his career was ended because he was in a a car accident he lives in this town like we're so glad he's here whatever then the match (laughs) goes it's great uh sean michaels like ties him up with the mic cord like all this crazy shit happens yeah there's a hanging spot it's wonderful fucking what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) it's great but then so much uh, yeah, it's, that match was awesome. Was... I loved it. I loved it when he pulled off his glitter chaps. <laughs> 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 but yeah, just like coming back around, like you've forgotten about the Hall of Famer guy. Yeah. And then he, he pulls him out yeah. of his seat and grabs his leg. And it's again, it's also like kind of a callback because the first m- spot in the match is Shawn Michaels hitting him with a boot. Yep. So... Wonderful narrative storytelling. Well, that ties into <laughs> what we were. He's so smart, and like a a heel is usually smart like that. Of just kind of like, I'm going to get in these details, but like also, a, a baby face move is returning someone's prosthetic leg to them <laughs> by throwing it at them. <laughs> right. Like kicking it out of the ring after using it on them. Yeah, Shawn Michaels is a dick. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, everything about that is so good. Like, y'all talk about, like, Chekhov's gun a lot in, in this podcast. And, like, this is, like, the most subtle one because it's, like... Yeah. yes! You would never expect, like, someone to rip off another man's prosthetic leg <laughs> in a wrestling show that's made for children. Yeah, like, like, I could see it happening on today's indies just so, like, somebody could get some sort of, like, attention and discourse right, on, like, wrestling a, Twitter. Right, there'd be a gif about it or something. Oh, there would be so much discourse if somebody stole someone's prosthetic, like, now on the indies. But, like, you don't see that. You you expect certain things to happen, but, like, that really blew my mind. Yeah, and it <laughs> looks horrific, too. Like, because Mad Dog Vashon, who's, uh, who's Luna Vashon's dad, like does just such like this amazing job of selling by just not getting up. Like he looks yeah. so, so he looks dead, like a dead person. Um, and he's lying on the ground with half a leg. So it looks yeah. like extra fucked up. <laughs> yeah. 
Like I had never seen anything like that in my life. And like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that again in wrestling at the very least. Like people get their crutches stolen from them and smashed over people, but that's just a crutch. Like you're going to get better. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would ever want to see something like that again. <laughs> Any, anyone in the Indies, who's young and hungry. Please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> he goes to WCW. He has like this incredible contract where he gets to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Uh, we watched his debut, which was, uh, I thought like a pretty great promo that like I was looking because you sent us the promo and it's on YouTube and I was like, that was like a pretty good promo. He basically, like you said, he, he WCW isn't cool. He talks about how everyone in WCW is a dinosaur. He's like, what? You can't get enough guys off dialysis to come fight us. Like, Oh yeah. When he's like, <laughs> Oh, you don't actually have your real talent doing anything. Uh, Randy Savage is selling, selling slim gyms and stuff. Yeah. Which is also very helpful for me watching it now. Cause I know exactly what year and during part of what year that came out. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I felt bad cause this promo is on YouTube and all the comments just point out that he says the word play Ad- is an adjective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh yeah yeah that's the that's always kind of been kevin nash's like downfall as a promo is that like he's so confident in himself like that he can't <laughs> he doesn't catch like copy editing errors pretty much right and like i don't know i mean i noticed that when i watched yeah. it but it didn't really like take me out oh, of it like i was so going forceful. along for the ride he's just like look at the adjective three second pause play <laughs> like you can't not notice it <laughs> um yeah it's a really good promo and like it's like this like culmination of like there's there's admittedly not a lot of nwo on the syllabus because it's very large and convoluted um yeah, that could as you said it, it could definitely be its own episode and probably it, one day will be it absolutely can um and like the early NWO stuff where it was just like, here's like the other promo where, uh, where Kevin Nash puts Bischoff through the stage, um, is like just them doing diesel and razor Ramon promos. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, like that was like the whole thing about the NWO, like the genius of it, I guess, if you want to call it genius was Eric Bischoff just being like, all right, we signed these dudes. They're famous for this we got to like do the wink and nod thing where like, they're not really razor Ramon and diesel, but they're still razor Ramon and diesel. <laughs> um, and, uh, like that has always been much easier for Kevin Nash. Like he's just himself. Um, and it comes across really well, I think. Yeah. It was interesting watching that because so Rachel, I don't know how much you know about this, but Scott Hall, the other guy with him, is he was Razor Ramon in WWF and he was Cuban. But Scott Hall is not Cuban and does not oh. talk with a Cuban accent. Hmm. And so, <laughs> yeah, there's there's already issues. But Shades of Santino. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Santino is a proud Italian-American. Yeah, from Canada. <laughs> from Canada. For proud Italian-American from Canada. I, I but yeah, I get what Oof. All right. But it's, it's funny because, uh, like... He's so he's Scott Hall at WCW, but then he keeps doing the Cuban accent, like the Razor <laughs> Ramon accent, yeah. in that promo where they where he power bombs uh, Kevin Ash power bombs Eric Bischoff. So I also the the guy that they're like bullying is like the guy who owns the. I figured promotion. he was yeah, he yeah. was kind of like that character. He's like the Vince McMahon of that, or at the very least, the guy that Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho bully. Like he's a consistent guy to be bullied. 
Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> until, he, until he becomes evil and feuds with Jay Leno. Um, Who wouldn't? Uh, <laughs> that makes him evil? Actually, that sounds good. Yeah, that's yeah, a no, baby uh, face move. Not good, but it exists. It happened. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Rodman is involved. It's very convoluted, like I said. Um, the Razor Ramon thing is even better, though, because like Scott Hall said that like Vince McMahon didn't know that that wasn't like didn't get that that was a pop culture reference like it's a scarface impersonation yeah um and like vince mcmahon had never seen scarface he just <laughs> thought that scott hall was doing like a real cuban accent <laughs> um it was like this is this is brilliant nothing like this has ever been done before you like can't see my face right now i what <sighs> There's a lot of things about Vince McMahon that are weird. Like, I always think about the sneeze story now where he sneezed during a meeting and looked at his hands and mumbled to himself, I should be able to control this. But you would (laughs) think a guy like Vince McMahon with all his, like, like, goals and delusions of, like, I'm going to be this big thing, I'm going to be respected... You would think that guy would have seen Scarface. Yeah, you'd think he'd love Scarface. You'd think he was trying to be Scarface, (laughs) but he'd never seen Scarface? Scarface. No, but he's like super weird. Have you read any of like the um, like recaps of things that like Patrice O'Neill said about working for him? I know a few stories. Like my favorite story is that he didn't know what a burrito was. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're just like, I, I think that, again, we've talked about this on the show before. I think this speaks to how immersive the wrestling world can be to the point where you don't learn cultural touchstones such as what Scarface is a or a burrito. Right. I mean, also, it's just he's a rich person. Yeah, also that. You like, live in your own bubble. That he, like, that it wasn't even just he didn't know what a burrito was. He thought it was too ethnic to be a racist joke on his television show. <laughs> like... That That's too inside. Yeah. <laughs> I I really love this sneeze story because I think that says a lot about like what too much masculinity can do where you think you can control having to sneeze. Yeah. That it's like a personal <laughs> failing to sneeze. Yeah. Should be able to control this. Like <laughs> with like his big weird permanently wet mouth too. Ugh. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. But anyway. Oh my god. WCW. Yeah, no, uh, WCW. WCW. <laughs> um, yeah, so so like that NWO stuff, like it's good and then almost immediately it's terrible. Uh, and it culminates in in like a lot of really bad stuff. But like in 1997, like Kevin Nash started like no-showing things. Like he was too cool to wrestle at house shows, which fair, fair play. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this was when I like really got to know him as like a wrestler. Like I – and from Detroit, and so is Kevin Nash. And I was the tallest person in my elementary school, which meant that I was the one who got the power bomb and choke slam people on nice. gravel. Uh, um, so yeah. like I, uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I studied. I had to like study Kevin Nash. Like this is how, <laughs> this is how you like beat people up and look super cool uh, while doing it. it <laughs> uh, like thankfully, no footage exists because it was terrible. Um, but like I was so into it, and. Um, like, I think that that match, outside of, like, the the ones that we didn't discuss, like, the one against Goldberg and the one against Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. um, his match against the Giant where he breaks Big Show's neck oh. is, like, <sighs> horrific. But, like, even without that spot, it's, like, this kind of, like, thing as to, like, how bad WCW was <laughs> at, 
like everything that like made that made Kevin Nash good in, in WWE. Like the the matches that he had against Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart are these like very convoluted. Like if you think about it, like not convoluted, but complicated. Like there's a big story going on and like there's all these spots. Yeah. And in WCW, they try to do the same thing, and it just ends up being like this clusterfuck where like Hulk Hogan is doing a cheerleading routine outside the ring. Like it's <laughs> it like visually chaotic, makes no sense, and then someone ends up with their neck broken. Like that's WCW. Yeah, that that's interesting. Like I hadn't really thought about contrasting them that way, but that's very true. You have these like pretty complicated stories with like a lot of dramatic turns in in the wwf things and then yeah it's just two big fucks running into each other while hulk hogan like does some shenanigans hulk hogan manages manages to look older during that match than he's ever looked since (laughs) it's incredible (laughs) hulk hogan's trying to be that's the other thing about the nwo too is that like from the minute hulk hogan joins it forward it's just like this this gang of cool dads Like, it is so bad, and it gets worse, uh, like, once the wolf pack comes into formation, because, like, Kevin Kevin Nash and Scott Hall got tired of Hulk Hogan's shit and decided that they were going to break up. Actually, Scott Hall might not have joined, but, like, the wolf pack wound up being, like, Kevin Nash and Sting and uh, Tomato Sting. He had, like, this, like, horrible red face paint, and he looked <laughs> like a tomato. Uh, and, uh, like, Lex Luger and all these other dudes, and it was, like... Just, like, this collection of, of, like, softball dads who, like, had a few too many things, like, to drink that night and, like, found their kid's copy of The Chronic and started, like, nodding their head along to it. Like, that's... <laughs> uh, and it gets worse with time. Like, it's so bad. Like, the Wolfpack has, like, this, like, iconic theme song. Uh, I don't know if, you, if y'all have ever heard it, um, but it's, like, vaguely a rap song, and it's really good. Um, I'll have to listen to so it. Far as, like, Give it a listen. it's got it's like driven by like this piano beat it's really good um like the i think the it's like don't turn your back on the wolf pack you might wind up in a body bag kind of thing because they're gonna murder your ass Um, (laughs) and they almost do the big show uh or i'm sorry the giant as he's known um (laughs) yeah that looked so awful and like i i wasn't um I didn't realize that that was the match you were referring to when when you said like he broke Big Show's neck, and I was watching it and I was like that that's not how that's supposed to look. Oh God, no! Just <laughs> like the way it just kind of like it mushes because he's yeah. like they're both so big and like you can also tell that like I mean you know that something has gone wrong, but even if you didn't know, yeah. you would be able to watch this and say like. The way they're cutting to other stuff, like, they don't want to show what's in this ring right now. And even the way, like, Kevin Nash is, like, his, even his body language is, like, he knows something has gone wrong. He's probably freaking out about what he's responsible for morally and maybe financially. Like, it's (laughs) all just, like, uh, it's terrifying. Yeah. I I think this is also, like. It's scary. Yeah, it's really scary. (laughs) I just, like. Like I said, like I like big guy, little guy better than two big guys because you can't tell how big they are. Absolutely. It's like such a waste of two yeah. big guys because it's like if both guys are like seven feet tall, it just looks like two regular guys. Yeah. F- like it just looks like the camera's like zoomed in a little more or something. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not as <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's like a little ref there, I guess, but it's not as fun as uh yeah. big guy, little guy to me. I think it's probably oh, yeah, also- WCW had the littlest refs. I feel like big guy, little guy, too, might actually be safer in terms of, like, working as opposed to, like, 
the problem that they run into here, it's just that he can't get himself up in time to right. protect his neck. Yeah, I mean, like, if you have a big guy and a little guy, presumably the smaller guy's probably a high flyer. Yeah. So you have a big guy as your base. Yeah. That's probably safer. The big guy can throw the little guy around, and he could, he's, like, more agile. Like, yeah. You know. Just, uh, yeah. yeah. Give me a, a huge... A huge man and like Rey Mysterio, and I'm happy. Oh God, oh, I'm <laughs> thinking about it now. a really good match against Rey Mysterio. Yes, I'll have to watch that. Yes, um, <laughs> I yeah, I'm glad that Big Show didn't die. Like he could have. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like they try, like WCW just does like this thing where like they try to make Kevin Nash seem threatening, which should have been easy because like he wasn't when he was Diesel when he was like ripping people's legs off at ringside. <laughs> but like they had him like they banned the power bombs too dangerous like it had nothing to do with the fact that he was trying to lift a man who was heavier than he was as opposed right. to someone half his size um so they like banned the power bomb and then kevin nash just like power bombs everybody and i think that like the stipulation was that he had to spend ten thousand dollars every time he power bombed someone and he would power bomb people like 20 times at night like it was ridiculous peak <laughs> um, <geek> storytelling um <laughs> Yeah, like his it's so weird because like the NWO is arguably like the thing that kind of casts a pall over like wrestling from like 1996 forward. Like we're still living in the shadow of the NWO given how popular like the Bullet Club is. Yeah. Um and it sucked. It sucked <laughs> then, like it sucks now and it's like it's it's watching people's career like just become this like stagnant, like horrible thing where all of the fun that they were having in like 1995 and 1996 is now just like abject misery. Like it's really hard to watch a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I, I think again, like we're talking about, it's fun to watch people have fun at their jobs and like <laughs> NWO just seemed like it became a very convoluted way to sell merch and not something that anybody really enjoyed. Um, as opposed to, speaking of fun, you sent us all those TNA promos yes. of all those guys. <laughs> They're all weirdly shot, too. Like, very gorilla style. They're very weirdly shot. <laughs> what is yeah. it? It's like X Division uh, or something? So what what exactly is the premise for these videos? Okay, so, like, the premise for these videos, to the best of my knowledge, is that, like, one of the things, one of the other things that Kevin Nash is roundly hated for is his opinion that small wrestlers... Uh, were like the death knell of wrestling as a thing Mm because he's like a big dude and wrestling to him is like this larger than life thing. Um, And he like, I think he called smaller wrestlers like uh, Chris Benoit or like Dean Malenko and people like that. uh, Vanilla midgets. Oh, he's uh, the originator of vanilla midgets. I didn't realize that. He's the originator of vanilla midgets. He's given Um, us so much. So much. Um, (laughs) He's yeah. He's a gift to us all. Uh, But but like the the thing is like you 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 know wrestling fans like the minute that you insult someone that they like like your persona non grata like anything that you do is is trash from then on out so like Kevin Nash like largely hated because he doesn't appreciate like small dudes wrestling which isn't true like he he's like there's a clip that we watch from a shoot interview where he's like yeah like uh, they make me look really good in the ring like I really like them they just should <laughs> be the world champion which like you're allowed to have that opinion right. Um, so like when he goes to TNA, um, I don't really have a lot of context for it. I know they tried to do an NWO thing, um, but like he kind of fell in with um, Alex Shelley, uh, who was doing like this like paparazzi thing where like he was doing like these guerrilla videos, and um, 
the most famous stuff that came out of that is like this paparazzi championship series uh where like the x division uh he's trying to like help the x division develop a personality so he can make them stars is essentially what's going on got it um and obviously the way that you do that is by inventing uh seasons one through three of wwe nxt um (laughs) and making talented people do obstacle courses and like physical challenges and stuff like that like it's a game of double dare um (laughs) And yeah. it's funny. Like, it's so good. Uh, yeah, they were, like, really great. I really enjoyed them. I was like, I understand why, like, whoever saw these probably was like, you know, Kevin Nash would be good in Magic Mike. Like, yeah. this is awesome. Uh, Alex Shelley's super funny in these. I really like the running joke of um, Sanjay Jutt being on uh, steroids. <laughs> yeah, being on gas. <laughs> <laughs> He's calling him a gas head and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Rachel, did you notice Low Key was in these? I did, and I frowned. Um, <laughs> I just think it's really funny to put Low Key in like a dumb comedy promo and like have yeah. him not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just still mad at him for a couple weeks ago. Fair enough. <laughs> a we we watched him uh, explode a dude's cauliflower ear, and it was really gross. Oh, dude. <laughs> That's disgusting. Oh, he's got so many problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of problems. And then, like, immediately after we watched L.A. Park and PCO, so we, like, let it out of our brain for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the X Division stuff is, like, this, like, reminder, I think, of, like, the, again, like, the kind of casual, like, real charm of Kevin Nash. Like, there's that one where he's uh, fighting the the wrestlers from Madagascar or whatever. <laughs> Um, and like just the part where like Alex Shelley's trying to teach him how to do some ridiculous submission hold and Kevin just like hits like clubs him over the back with his arm like a million times like that's all you need to do man is like just hit people with your arm that's very very, uh, Indiana Jones yeah with like the whip and the gun (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like I feel like it's a good like especially if he has this reputation of like not liking smaller wrestlers so he's helping like the cruiserweights and then like it's a it's a good sign of like you don't take yourself too seriously where it's this guy doing all this super technical wrestling and you're like all right I'm just gonna hit this dude in the back like <laughs> yeah that's what I do and I'm really good at it and Alex Shelley's just like well effective not exactly what I was going for but very effective yeah and like when he's like oh yeah I've been working on some stuff like doing some doing some six fifty splashes into yeah. my pool <laughs> like <laughs> um. It's so good. There's another clip that I didn't send you because it was too short where like he's in a six man tag match with Alex Shelley and like some other people. And he he does like this like perfect arm drag on a small dude. And like the pop for it is so loud. Like every like there's a this is awesome chant. Um, for, <laughs> like, an kicks arm ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Like that dude, like it's so like. I would the, love to watch that clip, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll send it to you later. Um, but, like, the TNA stuff, like, every every old dude who goes to TNA is essentially cashing a paycheck. Like, no one has anything to prove in TNA. Yeah. Um, unless you're, like, young. Like, AJ Styles, uh, Samoa Joe, like, those dudes had stuff to prove. Um, everyone else is just there for the money. And uh, a lot of times that's very evident. But, like, Kevin Nash, um, like... I don't know. Like, I don't really watch TNA, so I can't say whether or not it actually worked. Uh, but like, he's legitimately trying to put these guys over by being like in the same room with them and like doing stuff. And it's like, 
it's pretty encouraging actually yeah uh especially like given that context of that he had this reputation like it seems like yeah he's not phoning it in like they are legitimately having a good time trying to do these and like everybody gets an opportunity to like have some chemistry and display their personality with him which is like with such with someone who is such a big personality that is like very giving like that's not yeah necessarily something that everybody like that would do or would be able to do yeah I will say, though, like the edited versions of those tend to be better than the ones that are longer. Like there was (laughs) the one where he's playing a doctor and uh, like the full four minutes is like inexorable. Like it just goes (laughs) on. Um, But like the one minute version is like it's genius. Like it makes me want to watch TNA, which is impressive to say the (laughs) least. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's really good stuff. It's very um i think that like wrestling nerds have seen it like for sure um but like all of that stuff is like freely available on impact's like youtube channel and is definitely worth going back and seeing if you haven't seen like mid like middle period tna there's like it seems like a wealth of kevin nash gold on youtube because there's also all of these like weird shoot interviews and like you send us one where he's teaching a guy how to pick up women uh which which includes probably one of the best things i've ever heard which is um he's giving advice on what to do once like you're uh you're like you've made your choice and you're like moving in for the kill and he he goes he's talking about how you you should excuse yourself and go to the bathroom and then he says uh well if you're really a pro you'll just go dump one in the sink first which is like (laughs) so disgusting (laughs) but also amazing like he's got a point he's he's telling it like it is he's got a point he's he's like well you don't want to be done in five minutes so if you're really a pro you'll just dump one in the sink dump one in the sink amazing yeah yeah, that dude is like all about jerking off jokes i think i sent y'all like a tweet that he had about brock lesnar where he um like (laughs) like someone someone was telling him that he was sucking up to brock for a title shot and he was like sucking up yeah please take me to suplex city after breaking my neck twice Everyone always asked about another run. I just want to be able to jack my cock in my twilight. <laughs> like, <laughs> One of the best wrestling tweets of all time. He's so good. I just want to jack my cock in my twilight. I just. Hard to he, do with no feeling from the neck down. Like he's, he's the realest guy. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I was already on board with this before knowing anything about him of like, that's a guy who gets it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He just like, in, he's in all of these like uh, interviews. There's like a weird wine commercial where he's clearly hammered. And it's just like, it's oh really fun to see a huge man with a tiny glass of wine. Cause it looks so small in his giant <laughs> toilet seat size. hand. he and Danny DeVito, should shill Danny DeVito's limoncello. Oh my god! If they could like link up the limoncello and like he could get a winery and they could do it together, <laughs> and then that would be great. Kevin Nash and Danny DeVito just shooting the shit. <laughs> oh my god! I would like pay to watch that if they were like episodes of that on iTunes or something. I would like buy, I would buy those. Well, like it would just be Danny yeah. convincing him to go further left, right? Is Danny DeVito a, le- a leftist? Danny DeVito is like an incredible leftist. Like there's like a not very well-known leftist in Britain who had written like, I want to say like a handful of eBooks and they were giving a talk and Danny DeVito 
showed up and somebody was there like, oh, I guess he's just trying to get credibility or whatever. Because they like, you don't expect him to like actually be. I'm sure Danny DeVito's like, you know what will help my career? What will help raise my esteem? I'll go to an e-book talk (laughs) of like an anarchist in England. of of of, Of like a huge like like lefter than Corbinite leftist in England. Um, and, but he showed up and was like hyper engaged with the speaker. And like after they, the speaker was over, the speaker was like clearly starstruck that Danny DeVito there was there. But Danny himself was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so nervous. I've always wanted to talk to you. I've Aww. read all of your work. Oh. I really believe in what you have to say and what you have to do. Like Danny is probably a better socialist than I am. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like Danny DeVito rules and he could make Kevin Nash more leftist and in turn <laughs> Kevin Nash can help unionize all locker rooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I You can help. Yeah. No, I mean, that's amazing. I yeah. had no idea that Danny DeVito was that far left. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's the best. <laughs> well, uh yeah, they should they should uh link up. Yeah. I feel like they'd have a lot to talk about as People in entertainment who are like real as fuck and like notable old and sizes, weird. notable sizes, and and also notable <laughs> sizes. <laughs> yeah, they'd be a good duo. I would yeah. enjoy that. Men of size just talking to each other. <laughs> Men of size is really good. <laughs> That should be their tag team is Men of Size. Men of size. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So then the last thing you sent us was a ladder match. This match yep. had a very weird stipulation in it, but it was uh, Triple H versus Kevin Nash. And he's it's interesting because he's in WWE again, but he's Kevin Nash now. He's not back to Diesel. Right. Yeah. Well, when when WWE bought out WCW uh, in 2001, like it took them a while to do it, but they brought back the NWO and mm. like he was just Kevin Nash from then on out. So I see. OK. Um, he got to go home and be himself. Um but yeah, like they, it's, it's very strange. Like I was tied up between sending you this match or his 2003 hell in a cell match against triple H, which is also pretty underrated, I think. Um, but yeah, like the, the way that this, that this storyline worked, like is so complex and so weird. Like Kevin Nash showed up at a Royal Rumble and everyone really loved it because everyone loves an old dude show up at the Royal Rumble. Like, of course. I forget I forget whether or not he was Silver Fox Kevin Nash or if he had like really hit the Just for Men gel hard that night. But like <laughs> <laughs> at SummerSlam after after his match, like CM Punk is like celebrating with the title or whatever, and then Kevin Nash like wrecks him. And nice. like there's supposed to be this feud between Kevin Nash and CM Punk, which I feel robbed of um like that like people have like a lot of regrets that they've been watching wrestling for a while of like things they didn't get to see and i really wanted to see a kevin nash versus cm punk match but it didn't get to happen um because like kevin nash was just like this like big old dude being like everyone disrespects me and i should get another run with the title which is true he should be wwe champion right now uh (laughs) defending that shit in saudi arabia next week like that's (laughs) Um, as opposed to hanging out with Hulk Hogan in Orlando. That's like really the lesser of two evils, I guess. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, I'm actually, I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> it's, that's incredible. But uh, yeah, like, so, so he, like, because the CM Punk thing isn't going to work out, they kind of change gears and have it be where like Kevin Nash is bitter at Triple H, who's like been the Triple H that he is now forever. Like he's the boss, like, or I guess the boss's daughter's husband, 
Um, so he has got like a lot of stroke and stuff like that. And like, why didn't you bring me back for a full-time job? Like I could have had another run, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's all these like really like homoerotic segments where like Kevin Nash, like hits triple H with a sledgehammer into a bunch of cardboard boxes and just like seethes over him. Like just like breathes very heavy for like five minutes. Yeah. There's <laughs> um, a lot of, there's a lot of like gazing in this match, like in the entrances and stuff. It's very, does yeah. not su- does not surprise me to hear you say that there are homoerotic elements to this feud. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, there are homoerotic elements to the sport of professional wrestling. <laughs> who, who would have thought? Uh, but yeah, like it's it's so weird. Like this match is like definitely one of those like things where like those gazes are supposed to be ones where it's like you used to be my friend, but like <laughs> Triple H is like nobody's friend. That's like his whole thing. Like he'll turn on you in an instant. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't make any sense. And like Kevin Nash has every right to be a great, like I, every time they try to make one of the McMahons of which triple H counts, like the baby face, it, it infuriates me. Like, dude, you have a lot of money. Why not just give your, like, why isn't Kevin Nash training big dudes in NXT? Like, just let him fucking do it. Like, yeah, uh, he, he I, teach people how to sound natural. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I never understand that. It's, I think M- McMahon should always, always, always be heels. Like, why, yeah. why go against the thing that has worked for you the entire time that you've been a character and that yeah. your family has been characters? The things that have worked have been when they're the bad guys. Right. And nobody and like, buys Triple H as a nice person. <laughs> unless he's he just not. That's it. If he <laughs> if he's coming back from blowing out his quads, he's good for about two months. <laughs> That's his version of dumping one in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't know. So this match had like a really convoluted story, and I thought it was really good. Like I think it's a good match. Um, but I really love watching wrestlers crumble from age. Like. <laughs> That's like the worst thing about me as a wrestling fan is I love watching people wrestle when they absolutely should not. Um, <laughs> and yeah. like all, all of the stuff that you see of him, like with like his knees or like how he's like getting less strong over time or whatever, like all of that, like kind of piles up to the point where like, he doesn't know how to take a pedigree, which is fair. He's a giant dude. Like how often do you ask a giant dude in wrestling to fall on his fucking face? Like never. Yeah. Um, falls through a fucking table off a ladder like that dude's going hard (laughs) um but people hated that match because he he fucked up the pedigree like yeah sad i mean he does fuck it up really bad Uh, and it is like the end of the match kind of no i guess there's more stuff after that after the two there's like two seconds of of stuff like (laughs) i don't know like i get why people would remember that because like that was like it it I usually am like not somebody who notices botches or like when things aren't executed properly like that often and I noticed that but like up until that point it was good I liked it it was it yeah. had a weird stipulation where there was a sledgehammer on <laughs> <laughs> like this, just like why would you agree it's like okay so here's the match you're wrestling this other guy and the one thing that he likes to hit people with is hanging above the ring and it's a race to see who can get it but it's the thing that he specifically likes to hit people with like no i'm not doing that that sounds like a bad idea can i have a gun if we're gonna do that (laughs) also all of those moments where like 
Michael Cole's like the first ever ladder sledgehammer match. Is if this like <laughs> going to be a regular occurrence right. from now on? It's so, so bizarre. First, the first annual. <laughs> it's so bizarre. But then, like I said that going into it, and then by the time the sledgehammer comes into play, I'm having a great time, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" Hitting him, hitting him in the head. Uh, Triple H hits Kevin Nash in the head with the sledgehammer while it is still hung on the thing. Yeah, he like, which is like awesome. He like, pendulums him. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was great. Like, yeah, it was it was a good time. But it is uh, you definitely uh, see the wear and tear of wrestling on a body that big. I think we've said it on the podcast before, but it's like those big guys are like Great Danes. Like, yeah. yep. They just, they're just injury plagued. Their joints are fucked up. They don't tend not or to like live as long. Or like that Mastiff you saw today. Oh my God. I saw the cutest dog today that was huge and his name was General Hannibal and I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, when I was a dog walker, I knew this uh, Mastiff that I watched grow from being a Mastiff puppy, which is kind of an oxymoron, um, uh, that would always hide underneath a bench at the park because it was too scared to play with other dogs Aww. and then grow into this like giant like Frankenstein level freak of a dog <laughs> and but this the tragedy was is that Frankie her name was Frankie too she couldn't fit underneath the bench Aww. and she wanted to just hide over there anyway they are like big dogs <laughs> I think Kevin Nash would be a really good name for a big dog Kevin yeah. Nash yeah and this when is he's my bad, dog Kevin Nash and when he's bad he's Kevin and when he's like being cool and chill he's Nash yeah or he's yeah. uh big daddy cool <laughs> big, big daddy Kevin. cool yeah big sexy <laughs> Big sexy. <laughs> you can dress your dog really up as big sexy for Halloween every year. Oh <laughs> he really God. does have some wonderful nicknames. It's it's just it's all very like like we said at the beginning to bring it full circle. It's very wrestling. It's all very wrestling. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the final thing is like his magic mic role, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> I really no, like. He's incredible. I, what I really like about the magic mic roll is that I actually went through and re like before we you had even sent us the clips I like went and watched like a bunch of his scenes from one and two on there and it's like we've talked before on this show about how there are parallels between like that sort of stripping and dancing between and wrestling like there mm -hmm. there are comparisons to be made there sure. but like even down to the fact that like a big guy like that would have a crumbling knee whether or not he's a dancer or he's a wrestler yeah. Um, yeah. and like it, that's that factors into the plot of like both movies at one point where like his knee is fucked up because his knee is permanently in a brace. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you talked about because when I brought up Magic Mike to you, you were like, oh, yeah, when he just casually mentions that he's been on a tour of Iraq and it like brings the whole character into focus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like legitimately incredible work. Like it's it's very good acting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like. Uh, magic Mike comes up on the show a lot and i think there are a lot of parallels like obviously to like the physical performance of wrestling versus of exotic dancing stripping yeah. you know that kind of stuff but mm -hmm. also just like the the homoeroticism of that movie and also the the thing about like like the joy of the second Magic Mike movie, it's like, yes, it's very titillating. It's all the dancing and stuff. But like the thing that's like, I think really compelling as a woman watching that movie is the like male male bonding. And, oh, like, the yeah. homo healthy homosocial bonding <laughs> yeah. really gets me going. That is like my <laughs> shit. Like, I'm in, I'm, I love Magic Mike for the friendship. That's what I'm in it for. Same the, here. The dancing is just a bonus. I, for the most part, <laughs> I 
the the gas station scene forever in my heart. Oh my god! But yeah. the oh, hook yeah. of that, to your point, is that it's based in friendship, and like, yeah, it's really hot and funny when he dances to Backstreet Boys and throws Cheetos everywhere. But what <laughs> makes the scene work is that his friends—they're all cheering him on—are cheering for him while yeah. peeking on Molly. Like, no wonder <laughs> this is the show that loves the best friends, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I just I get that vibe from like the stuff in wrestling that I like and the people in wrestling that I like and I like Kevin Nash being this like big hunk and having that play into like his character like he's doing all this stuff about how he like gets laid and stuff and like yeah it can come off a little misogynist and everything but it's also like I'm here for ladies like I I feel like there's not necessarily always that um like explicit like i'm here for the women in wrestling you know yeah what I mean? yeah like, there isn't there's like rick rude and people who use it sort of in like a quasi gay panic like kind of nasty way but i feel like he, the way he does it is not quite that and, yeah uh and i appreciate it yeah and it makes sense that it went from that into magic mike yeah. yeah yeah i also really like that his big turn in magic mike is that he wants people to appreciate him for his art yes, <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> which Again, kind of is very similar to like what I feel about Kevin Nash now is that like, yeah, you know, he's this big dude, but he also wants to have some form of a legacy. And it's it's beautiful and wonderful. And everyone should get into Kevin uh, Kevin Nash and everyone should watch Magic Mike. (laughs) Both Magic Mikes. The first one, like the first one, like all the locker room scenes where he's just fucking with uh, with that kid. um, Oh, yeah. Like that's. That's like every wrestling locker room I've ever seen. <laughs> like it's just dudes like like fucking with one another. Um, it's the most pro wrestling movie I've ever seen, and there are pro wrestling movies that exist. Like it's so good. <laughs> That's interesting to hear you say that because like obviously I have not. Uh, I, I'm viewing it wrestling more from the outside than than you are, and like that is the vibe I get from those movies. So I'm glad to have that confirmed. Oh, that those awesome. movies are about wrestling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, thank you so much for listening this week. Um, as always, uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleSplania. Join our Discord. We have a bunch of bonus episodes and commentary tracks up on there. Uh, WrestleSplania at gmail.com and WrestleSplania on Twitter if you want to get in touch. Um, Colette, what do you have going on? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colette Aaron, C-O-L-E-T-T-E-A-R-R-A-N-D. Um you can listen to Gear Switch with myself and Jess Skolnick um, or any of the other ridiculous podcasts that I've been working on lately. Um, and you should buy my book, uh, which is called Hold Me Gorilla Monsoon. And it's a book of poems about how gay professional wrestling is. <laughs> so we are also still uh, selling some merch on TeePublic, tpublic.com slash user slash WrestleSplania. Uh, we have our Snooky Goon shirts out. Uh, at the moment, and all of the proceeds from those shirts are going to Sylvia Vera Law Project and Trans Lifeline. So pick those up. Uh, all the proceeds through the end of November are going to go to those charities. And uh, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. All right. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.